is Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Mark. This episode began as a cool conversation without much structure with two guys in visual arts who create music as their passion. But it turned into a deeper conversation about the creative processes for both mediums. Kevin Mellon is a storyboard artist for Archer and Hitmonkey, among a lot of other credits. David Heatley has drawn illustrations for The New Yorker, New York Times, and more in addition to writing his own books. Both have also written and released albums of music recently, and the combination of visual arts and music was so interesting to me. I wanted to hear how they worked in both mediums, but I was surprised to learn the differences in their approaches to each medium, and they agree on the importance on sharing the process of creation with others. Seeing works in progress when they were young was a huge encouragement to them, and they both use each medium differently to work through their own issues. So check out this episode Check out KevinMellon.com and DavidHeatley.com to hear their music and see their art. Follow us at Performance ANX on social media. You can also support us with coffee at ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety. Merch is available at performanceanx.threadless.com. And now I hope you enjoy what became a talk about the creative process with Kevin Mellon and David Heatley on Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network. The host is the last one to join. That's always good. Way to start things <laughs> off. Oh, man. Oh, can you, how's it going? Let me, let me see if I can switch this over. There we go. Now I can see you both. Oh, thank you guys for coming on. No, thank really, you. I, I hope this will be fun. <laughs> yeah, man. It's going to be terrible, and we're all going to hate it, and you're going to put it out anyway. That's so about that's right. Like, Just like every, so it's a normal episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both for, for coming on again. Um, I, I imagine you two have been chatting just a, a little bit before I hopped on, so uh, mm-hmm. you've met each other and introduced each other, but I'll do it for the podcast. I've got Kevin Mellon, artist and musician for uh, Archer, Hitmonkey, and uh, your your own music and David Heatley illustrator. You've been in the New Yorker uh, among other notable publications and you also write and record your own music as well. So thank you guys for coming on. Yeah. No yeah. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. So, and you both have new albums to discuss a little bit today, but we'll work our way into that because ever since I actually, I think I had you both on in fairly close proximity to each other and it got me thinking about the relationship between music and visual arts. And David, when you're your PR guy, who's a, a friend of mine, Howard Wolfing reached mm-hmm. out and said, Hey, David's got a new album coming out. Would, would you be interested in having talking to him again? It kind of reignited that thought. And I think when I do these types of shows, I like to have more than one person on so we can get an interesting conversation because we do a deep dive the very first time you guys come on. So I'm like, I know exactly who I need to get up with to fill out this, this round table. Kevin is a perfect guy to, to talk about this with. So yeah, awesome. I was yeah. talking, emailed Kevin a little bit this morning and uh, I, <laughs> I was having a problem with this because for days I've been trying to come up with things to ask you guys. And all I can come up with is vague ideas and things that I want to know about, but I'm not finding the words to put them down into questions. And after coming up with a few, 
I decided the hell with it. We're just going to talk and whatever happens, happens. So <laughs> my well, favorite kind of show. So, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, Let's do I mean, it. You've talked to me, so you know I can talk. So, yeah, that's oh, not yeah. a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and, David, you, you may have to refresh my memory because when we spoke, you were actually driving down to New Orleans. Was that mm-hmm. for this new album that, that just came yeah. out? Yeah, we talked. Actually, I was driving up from rural Louisiana back up to New Orleans, and I stopped in a hotel parking lot <laughs> and did the interview with you because uh, I was going to see a friend's show that night, and I wanted to you know time it right. But yeah, and I was down there doing the sessions for this record, If, which just is coming out now. So yeah, it was about a, a year ago. I think we talked. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. So this is this is perfect timing. This is awesome. <laughs> so the main focus. Well, we have two f- foci. Man, wow, what a word. I just pulled that out of my ass. Two, two foci for this episode. And it's putting that degree to work. I may <laughs> see, or Wordle, one or the other. <laughs> so the new work that you guys are putting out, but it's also the relationship between music and visual arts. And they've always had a relationship. As, as long as there's been both, if you take a look at stuff like Music stuff. That's that's a very eloquent way of saying it. Works like pictures at an exhibition by Modest Mussorgsky, all the way down to things like Steamboat Willie. There have been connections between music and art. Mm-hmm. There's Looney Tunes, one of my favorite examples, because where would Looney Tunes cartoons be without the soundtrack? Heavy mm-hmm. metal, metalocalypse, the wall. They all have music just totally ingrained in them what was it that got you guys going with music and art combined i mean i guess first of all before we get into 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 that because that's the ultimate goal of this is to find out how how you guys got Mm -hmm. this but what did you get into first and kevin since i've got the green box around your face right now we'll start off with you <laughs> oh okay what i was gonna what, go ahead and go but yeah um, <laughs> what did you get into first was it music or was it art it's tough to remember exactly but i would say that my earliest memory creativity creative stuff is being at a a country concert in Branson with my parents and seeing the guitar player step forward to take his solo and me pointing being like, that's what I want to do. But then a couple years later, it's the Batman movie is the 89 Batman movie is about to come out like in, and I'm getting cracked magazine and buying comic books and stuff like that. I'm trying to, and I'm doing like, recreations of these images and impressing my parents and my parents' friends with that stuff. I'm sure they were terrible, but you know, for like an eight and nine year old, whatever, like they're fine, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like, I, but I do remember drawing before that. I just don't have, I couldn't sit there and say that there's this watershed moment other than those two things specifically. And it, it's, um, I realize now my brain has always wanted to tell stories. Mm. So for me, everything I do is a means to an end is as a means to that end. So I got good at drawing in order to draw stories better and to tell, you know, I stopped get like, this is a weird way to put it, but I stopped getting better at guitar 
once I figured out how to write songs, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I never became like a shredder or anybody. I can't fucking tap to save my life, <laughs> but, but I can play because I can play well enough to write, you know? Yeah. And I can play well enough to guide other people, you know? And the same thing with like now as a director, it's like, I can sit there and like, I can hire artists that are way better than I am, but I can tell them how to fix their shit, you know? Like, so that's, it, it's, it's all a means to the end of like, what, how are we telling the story? And then what's the best, most efficient way to get there? And it's all storytelling to me. All of it is. Okay. So David, what, what came first for you, the chicken or the egg? I, uh, yeah. a terrible analogy, I guess, but. Well, Kevin, I love everything you just described. I, I relate to all of it actually. And I think it's, it's telling you kind of went right to childhood. Cause I think kids don't distinguish between media, you know, they're, while they're drawing their picture, they're getting up and dancing and singing a little song. Like kids are just naturally in their bodies, expressing themselves. And they have to be taught by an adult, like, no, you don't know how to do that. You know what I mean? Someone has to be, someone has to tell you, you don't know how to draw. Whenever someone comes to me like, oh, I don't, I can only draw a stick figure. It's like, when you were a kid, you never would have said that. You just would have taken out the pencil and started drawing. So I, I don't know. I think point. it's it's like it's like it, it's just allowing the enthusiasm for both to stay alive all the way through adulthood is kind of the work. I mean, I think of like my creativity and my inspiration as this like little candle that the world is always trying to blow out and I'm just <laughs> protecting it and going like, no, 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 this is going to stay lit. <laughs> We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Before you skip over this ad, give me one minute. Like most podcasts, I pick sponsors carefully and I use the products that advertise here. Pure Spectrum CBD is a product that has been really beneficial for me. They have a wide variety of great products that can be used on a daily or as needed basis. I've been using the tincture every day and it's been wonderful for easing anxiety. And I absolutely love the isolate. I use it instead of acetaminophen or ibuprofen. And it's worked so well for the relief of aches and pains. 
They also have soaks, lotions, salves, gummies, and more, plus an entire line for fitness recovery. They even have products for your pets. See everything they offer at PureSpectrumCBD.com. And if you have questions, they're there to help. They helped me when I had no idea where to start. After you fill your cart, use code PERFORMANCEANX for 15% off your purchase. Pure Spectrum CBD, Pure Spectrum CBD, Pure Spectrum CBD. So, but, and I just would say there are like two different poles for me. Like the, the mode I'm in when I'm doing music, it's very embodied. It's like expressive. It's like physical in a way that drawing is, is much more like meditative and cerebral and, and solitary for me. And, and music is collaborative and like usually fun. I mean, that's okay. like when I'm in the studio, that's my happy place recording with people. I just absolutely love that. But I also, I'm an introvert, so I need to recharge and just go be alone and like write in my journal and do little doodles and, you know, so yeah, you kind of need both poles and, and they, they take center stage in my life at various times. And like right now I have no interest in drawing comics. I just want to make music and that might flip in a couple of years or something. Was there ever, uh, or uh, you rephrase this a little bit, <laughs> I haven't even started the question now, you got to rephrase it. Was there a work where it impacted you both the animation or, or, or the, the artwork and the music at the same time? Was there something that was really impactful to you that really hit you and said, I see the connection between the two. I see how they can work together. David, why don't we keep up, keep on with you since my little green box is around you right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good question because I have to sit here and actually really think about it. Which is yeah. fine. That's what editing's so David, for. You take your time to think about it, which will give me time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my, my head went right to, um, like the original Fantasia movie, the Disney movie. Oh, right. Um, and, and I don't remember that being like a, a lightning bolt when I was a little kid where it was like, I want to do both these things. But it was like a, a wonderfully effective example of how animation and, and music can like work together. And like the idea that these stories, like Kevin was just saying, it's all about the stories, these stories of these, these pieces of music seem to tell just on their own it seemed like the artist somehow knew exactly what that story was and illustrated it perfectly. So the idea of like, you know, these plants in the forest and mushrooms, like doing little dances to the, uh, I don't know if it was a nutcracker suite or something, or that like night on bald mountain with that giant demon with those like little naked, you know, people falling into hell. Like it just seemed like, wow, this, this was what the music was trying to communicate and here they have illustrated it. And of course it was, it was not that, but it just seemed inevitable or something that, that yeah. they pulled the story uh, and made it visual in a way. And yeah, it was like kind of, I've always marveled at that film. That, that's yeah. a, to be fair. I forgot about that. film. So that, but that's, that may be the first one that I remember watching now that you mentioned it as well. All I right. think, um, this is going to be a weird thing, but it's kind of what popped into my brain. But the video for AHA's take on me. Yeah. Oh, cool. You know, is a, I don't know that the, it's not a watershed moment, but if it, my brain, when it goes back to, you know, it's like obviously growing up watching Disney films, that's just a marriage of music and art already. But as far as like, you know, thinking about things in terms of, attainability like creating a song and creating a visual to go with it like that that's that's kind of where my brain goes back to like even you know you think about um 
I'm trying to remember what it was. My brain goes to like Beavis and Butthead, but not Beavis and Butthead, but like it was uh, maybe like a butthole surfers video. I don't know. There's like videos though, where there's like animation going on. Yeah. And like, you know, it, it, anyways, you know, since I don't have the specific reference, I, that's, yeah. I won't belabor the point, but like for me, it was again, like to beat a dead horse, like going back, it's always all about like telling a story. And, but also I, I tend to view all of it as problem solving. So, you know, it's, it's very much like the thing that I always tell my artists that I hire, you know, all these storyboard artists and stuff like that. I tell them, I'm like every, at every stage you were presented with problems. So even as a young kid, like I was presented with, you're presented with like, do you like this? Yes or no. It's a cartoon. It's a song. It's a TV show. It's something your parents are telling to do. You know what I mean? You're presented with a problem and you then have to solve it. You have to answer it, you know, and that oftentimes presents new problems. So like for me, I was always like with, with that stuff, like, you know, I'm an MTV VH1 kid. Like I grew up with that, you know? So it was always like, Oh, uh, I love this or I wish they had done this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and drawing was very much like that sort of thing as well. Like it was, how did they do that? Teach myself how to do it. Mm-hmm. Then once I've learned how to do it, am I doing it as well? then get to that you know so it's just a constant building block same thing with like you know like even today like i'm working on a new album and stuff like that so it's like i recorded like a whole good takes of guitar tracks this morning went back to it right before this and was like these are not good enough redid them all in less time than it took me to do them this morning (laughs) but also but but it's like I may come back to it in a week and be like, still not good enough. You know, right. that's it's, it's always, it's a, it's same thing with like storyboarding. Like we're constantly trying to, to beat the problem, to solve the problem and then beat the joke, beat the answer, you know, stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know? And even as a kid, like it was, it was these things, the always presented these questions in my mind anyways, because in my mind, it wasn't a matter of like, I remember being a big fan of like Anne McCaffrey's Dragon Riders of Pern books as a kid, you know? And so it wasn't a matter of like, that was the BL end all. It was a, oh, this is the jumping off point for my imagination to keep going and doing other things, you know? Okay. Okay. So, so that's, it was never, it was for me anyways, I know this is a rambling long answer that may not seem like (laughs) a question, but the answer to the answer to what we're, we're, this part of it for me anyways, is I was always trying to solve the problem, but maybe in a different medium than the problem was initially presented. You oh, know? okay. I think you, you just brought up an interesting point because David had mentioned how Fantasia was maybe the first thing that you, you noticed. And then you were saying that you'd seen a bunch of the Disney movies, but it yeah. was the, the aha video. So I think if sometimes in, in, in an art form like, like Disney's, the music is such it's always there it the disney movies yeah. are always going to have that the music those they so maybe you don't even realize that it it's such a good marriage of the two it's because it's so natural so, for them not so really the thing that i'm kind of realizing as we talk about this is disney movies are finished the aha video has a sketchy look to it has an unfinished quality to it. True. So, which looks more like the rough things that we're, we start out doing, you know? So uh, I don't know. I don't know how, you know, I mean, I, not to give that video too much weight in my life because it has <laughs> not that much, 
but it, it's an instance of a thing that I can point to as a child, as a small child, and be like, that was captivating, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was a real aha moment for you, oh. wasn't it? Oh! Uh, <laughs> We're done. Leave, leave the conversation. <laughs> it's not going to get any better than that. That's, yeah. That, that, video was, that, that video was huge for me, too, I got to say. And um, it was very meta. It was very smart and yep. meta. And I, I remember, like, my little... 12 year old minor saying was blown just like how do they do that you know yep. and, and who thought of this it's so cool the idea that you know looking through the mirror and then they dip their head out of the mirror and they're yep. drawn and then they're back i mean all yeah. of that was just so clever you know it was amazing so, like and i don't know i don't know how you were david but i was very much like as soon as i as soon as i realized humans made these things i tried to find out as much about how things were made I'm kind of that way about everything, like whether it's cooking or building a house. I can't, I'm okay cook, but I can't build a house, but I watch a lot of crap on YouTube about building houses and stuff because I'm fascinated because it's all problem solving again, to get back to that. So it's all just like, you know, you have a need in it, it's storytelling too. You need and a want. And therefore like, you know, like the Campbellian thing or like the, the story circle thing is like you start out with things are fine, but then a need or a want develops and you go after it. And therefore that leads you on a journey and you either end up back where you see you and you end up back where you started essentially. And you've either changed because you didn't get what you wanted and you didn't get what you needed, but you got something else or you got what you needed and you got what you wanted, but you went through something that changed you or, you know, and sometimes you can not change at all, but like, that's even as a kid, I, I remember like, you know, it's like, like the satisfaction of storytelling in, in all of these mediums, whether it was watching a cartoon, watching GI Joe or transformers, or even there's like, listening to Casey Kasem in my headphones in my parents' backyard, you know, like just trying, like listening to him tell these stories before a song played. That was amazing to me like that, but that was also presented all this new information about how something was made because he was always talking about, well, when they did this, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. And so I was always, I am forever a fan of any behind the scenes thing because it's all, you know, I'm like, tell me how every piece of sausage is made. I want to know, <laughs> you know, and, and that to me it, it is so much a part of like that artistic journey of both trying to problem solve, but also be an, an artist of whether it's visual or, you know, auditory or whatever, you know, is, is yeah. Just, yeah, it's it's so interesting you say all that. I mean, I I, uh, I definitely have that now. I, I want to understand how things are made, and I want to peek behind the scenes. I remember like being as a kid, and and even into my teen years, just these things would arrive, and they were just impossible. Like, how on earth did this get made? I'm opening like a kid a kid's book, reading like Doctor Seuss, like what what is this magical technology? How is this on the paper? He drew this, but how is it here? I just couldn't, let alone a TV show, let alone a cartoon. It just seemed like sorcery to me. Right. And so, you know, for me, it was really important actually like in high school to, to like discover these punk bands or these cartoonists who were like really rough and self-taught. It was like, Oh, this is not quite as far a jump for me. I like, I could see maybe I could do something more like this. And I actually, I always find it really generous of artists who show really sketchy 
demos or you know or like I, I don't know i heard like um the beatles like when they were the quarry men it was just john and paul they're just like 15 years old and they're playing on the back of a truck or something they sucked you know right. and that's what i want to know i want to know that yes the beatles once sucked because right. of course everyone sucks at first so like and many artists like they they try and climb to their perch of perfection and they want to erase everything that came before and just like present these perfect products to the world and it's just not it's not not kind. You know what I mean? Like, let, let's let us in on the process. How did you get there? And like, un, unveil some of that for me. That's uh, that's been the most helpful thing when artists do that. I think there's an art too. I mean, we know this, but I think a lot of people don't understand or well, a lot of people are not presented with this more so now than it used to be. Like I used to love VH1's behind the music because it presented the process. It presented the yeah. journey. And it let, it let us know that these are normal people who make bad decisions sometimes or yeah. all the time, really. And we just remember them for the one thing that went right. And I think about that a lot. Yeah. It's funny because yeah. when I really first started getting into music, I got into my first huge musical level was Led Zeppelin and like, mm -hmm. you know, like millions of other people. Teenage boys, especially, but I remember going to record shows when they had those and finding bootlegs of demos and mm. picking those up and hearing a song's progression from just a, you know, a two minute acoustic unfinished piece and hearing, you know, here's demo one, take 12 and then take 37 and then take 48 and just hearing how it progressed and like, the, oh, this makes so much more sense than hearing the finished stairway to heaven on their fourth mm -hmm. album. You know, I hear yeah. you know, here's a yeah. two years earlier, here's Jimmy's working on the opening riff, the, the intro yeah. to it. And it's unfinished. There's, he's hitting some sour notes. Things mm -hmm. are just not going right. And, and that really opened my eyes to the whole process. And so I, I can, I definitely understand what you're talking about. And that's one of the reasons I like when artists will release deluxe issues with mm. demos of, of songs and they're still a little yeah. a lot better than the very first demos but i love mm -hmm. seeing that process of a, of a piece going from something rough and raw to the final their final presentation of it yeah totally i worked at a record store in the late 90s as a right out of high school and stuff like that and I, like I had gotten like, you know, BMG was a thing. So I got all the free records, you know, in the early and stuff like that. So Led Zeppelin four was like, I saw it in guitar magazines. So I got that and blew my mind obviously, but the BBC sessions came out sometime in the late nineties there. And that was, that's kind of honestly my favorite Zeppelin record, like, because it's not a real record. It's just a bunch of different versions of them getting better at playing these songs live. Right. Mm -hmm. Which, which totally, now that I think I've never thought of this before, but totally explains like a few years later, like when the Mars Volta came out, I became obsessed with them and their live stuff because I, you know, with their first album, first album's amazing, but yeah. like then they wrote their next record over the next 200 shows they played because that's, you hear the evolution of that. And I, I love, I don't know. Anyways, I'd never put that together, but I love that. I love seeing that evolution of bands. Like mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a fan of bad omens and I got into them like a year or two ago or something like that, but I've just been watching their live shows on YouTube. Never seen them live. I like their albums and stuff, but watching them just progress as a live band, I'm like, Oh, this is 
how you this is how you course correct and this is how you get level up you know and watching yeah. that sort of thing and we see it in comics all the time too it's like the first issue of a comic we're like oh this is cool 10 issues later that that person is either operating at peak function or oh fuck get me off this train you know <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. man we, this may be this title may be changed from music and visual arts to just the creative process because this this is fascinating i'm I'm enjoying it and we've branched we've already branched off from what we were talking about i was actually asking i mean david i don't know if he can speak to this but i was actually i was talking to him because you sent me uh that link to his album and i was i was going through it and it's an eclectic group of songs but it has a a through line and a voice that's consistent and i was because i was asking him if he produced it himself and he kind of said no i mean david you can speak to that stuff but it seems like david is the through line you know and i think that's interesting like that to me is like when you can spot the thing that makes it you know the the glue you know the the, essentially oh for sure for sure so all right so the next in my notes, I have this as the next obvious question, but we've talked about so many things already that maybe it's not so obvious at this point. Has your illustrative work ever influenced your music or vice versa? And I'll, whoever wants to jump in first is, is fine with me. But so have you, have you ever drawn anything in, and that maybe struck a chord, pun completely intended, or written mm-hmm. something and, and decided I need to draw something that goes with this? I mean, I'll say, you know, when I was in high school, my band, uh, it was like a two person band. We're kind of like ween or something. It's like uh, spoken word, weird stoner poetry. Yeah. And we would play in the East village in these like open mics and I would draw the flyers for that. And I think that's pretty common with bands. Like, you know, someone, someone in the band, Oh, draw us a flyer. Right. Or maybe you partner with, with an artist, you know, but that, that was probably the first experience of like, okay, I'm going to try and get my quirky sensibility the same here's the same person who writes these quirky songs this is the way i draw and it did seem to match you know and i drew like our record cover but i would say like they did remain fairly separate for me for for many years and it really wasn't only until my last record life our own way where the the single i was like i want to I want to draw, I want to illustrate every frame of this animation myself. And I, I got really obsessive about it. It spent, I spent like four months. I drew frame by frame for like a three and a half minute video. And, um, that's a lot. It was a lot. And, and it was, but it was like this real obsessive labor of love. And, um, and I felt like that's the first thing I could point to where it was like, okay, that's really a perfect marriage of like my drawing and my art. I don't think I've ever done that. And I'm like 48 years old now. So yeah. it took quite, took quite a while. <laughs> We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Yeah, they, they've been pretty separate pursuits uh, on the whole for me. Okay. Honestly, very much the same as David. Like I, I was trying to think. I honestly, until you said the flyer thing, I wasn't going to even connect things for myself. But I did do all of the art like so my first band in high school it's like you know like i designed the logo did we made t-shirts like but it was all drawn by me i drew every single flyer and stuff like that shot like you know concepted out like in my sketchbooks like what the cover art was going to be and then shot it like found found a camera somehow found the film paid to get the film developed because that was that time you know that sort of thing like did all and like you know it's like and was working with uh, i forget who it was there was like some big like cd 
manufacturing company at the time that everybody did their stuff through. And it's like sending them examples of my handwriting as a 17 year old, like, and just being like, can you find a font that matches this? You know, wow. Whereas now I just, which, you know, in 2016, when I put out my, like I've been in bands and stuff, but I had never done a solo album. When I put out my first solo album, I was like, I asked somebody else to do the cover and they said no. So then I was like, well, fuck it. I guess it's just me again. You know? So I, you know, and then I did the, this lyric book and hand wrote everything and all that, you know, and, and that's still to the, like, even the stuff I'm putting out now, it's just like, you know, like the instrumental album I just put out like in January or whatever, like the painting is my girlfriend's kid did that on my iPad. And I was just like, that's kind of cool. I like that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to save that. And so then it ended up being the cover, but I'm sitting there doing all the handwriting. And so, you know, it's like, I'm still, Mm -hmm. even though I got this like six year old to do the cover for me, I'm still, (laughs) (laughs) man. Yeah. 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 That's pretty good. I love that. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Being six years old and having a cover art credit. My next instrumental one, so I do this series of instrumental albums that are just solo guitar, weird ambient noise, shit, whatever. You know, I'm very big fan of Robert Fripp and Frippertronics and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. So it's mm. it's in that alley, just mixed with more weirdness. one is a painting that when I do do fan full band stuff, the bass player, his daughter did a painting. And so that's going to be, that's the cover to that. that Awesome. The first one, my friend does these kind of like drink and paint things. So she had done a couple of like paintings where she got drunk and did paintings. So that's what the first, (laughs) so I was like, I like doing these like where it's like, Oh, I'm not doing them, but it's this still it's art. It's still connected to, and there's a story because it's like connected to me somehow, you know? Well, since the two of you, up until recently have kept your music and your art separate. Was there anybody that was visual artist that had influenced your music? Like uh, I heard this or I, I saw this art and it inspired me to write this song or vice versa. You know, I, I heard this song and it made me want to illustrate a story to it or something. Are there, do you guys have any examples of that? I know I'm kind of just throwing that at you. So it's a little, may take a minute. So curious. I'm always curious to see, hear about influences. And since you guys do both animation, illustration, visual arts and music, I'm just really curious to know what visual artists may have influenced your music and what musical artists may have influenced your visual art. Mm. Yeah. And I can uh, ask, I'll, I can I'll, ask, I'll let David think. Cause I have, I have, I have like the couple of easy ones, but it's not an easy question, but the couple of easy ones are like, I, you know, was, I'm a huge, obviously a huge fan of, not obviously, but like, I'm a huge fan of the band tool. So like in college, like I spent a lot of time trying to draw, like I did a couple of assignments where I was drawing like stuff based on their songs and stuff like that, because Adam, their guitarist is a visual artist and he's a sculptor and you know, and all that stuff. So it's like, I was very, um, that was like, Oh, this is relatable. This is someone who plays guitar like I do and who has a band like I do and who is also controlling the artistic vision of that band because they, they can execute this. And so that, you know, but I would, I I would sit there and, you know, and I would 
very poorly, you know, for assignments, do like a version of their song every once in a while, stuff like that. But really, like for me, like a lot, a lot of like the music to art stuff was like, I would find a song that, you know, it's like whether it was like, I mean, fuck, we're talking the 90s. So it was probably like Rollins Band or Pearl Jam or something, you know, it's like, but yeah. it just be wood on loop. Yeah, that, that would, I, I don't know what sort of mental pathway stuff I have going on, but I will put a song on loop and just let it loop and then I'll work to that, you know? And so that, that my whole high school was just like probably an equal mix of like, smashing pumpkins something off of siamese dream one you know one song on loop or you know and making stuff to that and so it's like it's not like there's a direct line of like this song influenced this piece but it's more this song was what i had on for three months right <laughs> and i yeah i i do the same thing so i, I know what you're talking about mm. yeah yeah it's a cool question i mean i'll, I'll say my musical hero in high school was a guy named Dog Bowl, actually. He was a real, like, local New York City guy who was okay. on, on a label called Shimmy Disc. And he had this concept album called Flan, which was, um, it was, a, like, kind of apocalyptic, end-of-the-world nuclear holocaust in New York City, and people are walking around, and there's, you know, you know, there's, like dogs with human heads and there's people getting murdered and raped and blah, blah, blah. Like, and he has a pet fish who becomes a woman. I mean, it's just very surreal and wonderful. He wrote an, he wrote an, a novel that that was a novel. Then he did an album based on the novel and he did like big oil paintings based on the characters. So he, when he was doing that, it just kind of blew my mind. Like, Oh, you can do everything. Yeah. You can put all yeah. every, all your talents to bear on one story. It, it was just like revelatory. Wow. And I would say, I don't know that I've like, I was just trying to think like, oh, is there a painting where I was like, I got to write a song about this. Or was there a song where I was like, I have to illustrate this. And I don't, I don't know that that the, the only thing that came to mind though, was there was a, um, I did a comic strip that was like in my last, well, my previous book, my brain is hanging upside down. I did a strip called family history, which was just like showing like every person that I knew of in my family history. And each time someone was born, there was just a panel with like a woman in a hospital room just going, oh, and then like you would just see the baby in the next panel. <laughs> and it was just so it was just like punctuated throughout the whole strip. It was like, oh, oh, oh. And I was thinking um, I, I went to see, you know, Pixies play live and uh, and they, they sing, you know, oh, said the woman to the man she adored. And I was like, oh, that's where I got that. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. oh, man. And I just looked up dog bore. I'm going to have to check this out. Dog Bowl, Flynn, Songs from the I, Novel by Stephen Tunney. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That whole that whole thing sounds incredible, which I'm going to have to look it all up and do, <laughs> go down that rabbit hole. I'll um, be too. I can't wait now. <laughs> Anybody, remember, Dog Bowl has got to be great. I mean, this is tangential, but I remember like, you know, it's like 92, 93 and Blood Sugar Sex Magic is huge. It's all over the world and stuff like that. And like being a guitar player and like, you know, loving John Fushante. And then him making that first solo album neanderlades and i don't remember the rest of the name of the album but like but it's all just it hit home in such a weird way at that same time because it's just this dude i mean i didn't understand heroin at the time now i do but i haven't done it but i understand you know but it's just this, <laughs> yeah, this let's clarify that one <laughs> let's talk about heroin guys yeah like, but he's just this dude fucking high off his ass just demoing stuff on a four track and that became the album you know and so it's just this weird thing but i remember like listening to it and it's not all it's just all warts it's not you know it, it, and it's just that glimpse behind 
find the someone just being creative and just going wherever their mind leads them, mind fingers lead them. And like, I, you know, I just remember listening to it and just being like, how do I get this out? You know, yeah. like, I don't want to do that, but I want to do that in a weird way. Does that make sense? Like, 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 and that's the same thing. Like, I remember reading, like, you know, it's like there's these magazines like David Anthony Crafts Comics Interview or Comic Scene Magazine as a kid or you know, the Comics Journal and stuff like that. And seeing process sketches, seeing, yeah. Pencils, yeah. seeing layouts and stuff like that and going like, okay, like they start the same as I do, but they finish it much better. <laughs> how do I get there? How do I, how do I take this thing that looks the same as a stick figure thumbnail? And then when I'm drawing it as an actual page, it looks fucking rad as fuck. I am not getting it to be rad as fuck. How do I do that? You know? Yeah. Right. yeah that's great. I love that. And it's funny. You said about the, I mean, the chili peppers were big in my high school too. And, and I remember that, blood sugar sex magic like there's a movie or a video of like they're them recording at that mansion or something like yeah that. and and i think i think it was john the guitar player he was just I, I just loved how free they were they were just so bold and and yeah. just like wore their sexuality so proudly and, and he was just like yeah you know i'll be sitting there and sometimes i'll get just like this guitar looks coming to me and i'll play it and sometimes I'll just have to like go jerk off because I'm so turned on. <laughs> and it was like to hear, to, first of all, to in the '90s to hear like a rock star be like, "Yeah, I jerk off." Yes. It's like unbelievable. Yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, it's okay to jerk yeah. off." Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Oh, I love that. I'll, I'll always, Which, I'll always remember that guy. For no, that. and honestly, I'm laughing partially because I did recently rewatch that. So. Oh, did you? <laughs> oh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's all on YouTube now, which is the amazing thing about now is like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's still just as wild as you remember it um, yeah <laughs> so a lot of artists creative people musicians visual artists turn to their work to work out their issues to work out problems that they've had in their personal lives do you guys turn to one medium first when you're trying to work something out is is it artwork or is it music or is it a combination to depend on the problem or the issue Music I'm throwing some. I'm sorry. But I kind of feel like I should maybe should have sent you these questions first. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. No, but I only came up with good. them last minute, so. I no, you can edit the air out. Um, for me, it's music. I don't. I don't know about you, David, but for me, like everything emotional and in, in the moment is music, and then everything considered and because drawing takes more time than music. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a good point. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Music's very in the moment expressive. I mean, I would say the process of writing a song can be a similar kind of considered energy for me. Yep. But I would say like like my last book is called Qualification and um what I'm I'm working on trying to adapt that to an animated TV series now. Um but the the premise of it was like I grew up in this like really culty kind of 12 step family where the the 12 steps were shoved down my throat all the time. It was like, "Oh, you're you're an addict, you're a debtor, you're this, you're that. Wow. And, and I wound up by the time I turned 30 and I always just refused it. I was like, I want nothing to do with this world. This shit's crazy. When I was 30, I was like really vulnerable. I was kind of out of work, not just out of sorts. And like just the impending fatherhood was fucking me up. And I was very vulnerable and I was just like, all right, I'll try these programs. And I wound up getting sucked in and going for like six years. I went to like seven different programs. I kind of got addicted to going to these 12 step programs. So this memoir I wrote is about 
what I found there, what, what that journey was for me when I finally left, what was that about? And that's such a like vast subject to try and get your head around. I can never like write a song or even an album about that. That took like 400 pages of a graphic memoir to get that down. And it took about six years to get that yeah. down. So, yeah. so yeah, that, that, that's the difference. Like I needed to, I, it really took me probably like four years before I could even start writing that book. So I was like, I don't even know what I want to say about this. I'm so angry. I'm so blah, blah, blah. And by the time I started it, I was in a different space. And by the time I finished it, it was like no longer this angry screed against the 12 steps. It was like, all right, here's what I gleaned. Here's what was useful. And here's what I hated about it. It was like more of just an honest personal statement. But yeah, with us, with a song, it's like, I think of them as like poems or like haikus, even they're just such short little blips of, um, of a narrative versus a, you know, comics or yeah. book length thing. Okay. Like I'm, I'm in both worlds. Uh, I'm, well, all three worlds. It's like, like I'm writing comics, drawing comics and stuff like that. And some of it's stuff that I've been marinating on and, and working on for like over a decade, just bits and pieces and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, some of it is personal overtly and a lot of it is more subvertively personal. You know, it's like a weird, like, you know, like we're fighting, you know, demons and stuff like that, which is both personal and, you know, not, you know, in a very super, super heroic fashion, but the music stuff, the, the id of my personality is kind of on display for everyone to see, because it's like, I have these two, you know, so out right now, I have these like two rock albums that are like full, you know, vocal, you know, whatever they're thought out, they're considered and, you know, and stuff like that. And, and like, I'm actually, you know, I put out an EP last year and I have, you know, an EP that I'm sitting on and then an EP that I'm finishing right now. Like they, those three EPs tell a story. Like they're, they're all like a full, like it's 15 songs or whatever, 15 songs that tells a full story that I have to think about and, you know, whatever. And it's like, so even though the, the music is in the moments and emotional for kind of writing a lot of that stuff, the actual finishing of it is very considered. But then I put out these instrumental solo guitar albums that are literally like the pieces are, I could never recreate them because I don't know how to fucking play them. I did them once. Yeah. That was what they were. <laughs> and they're out <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like I, I you know so i have i i have like i i'm wanting to do live shows of that but it won't be me playing those albums it'll be like you're gonna get what you get in the moment because i have no clue what i did then because it's and it's all just reactions to you know the first solo one the first weird guitar album was like a reaction to depression and pandemic stuff the second one was like i had health stuff that landed me in the, the hospital last november and so when i got out and all I, I couldn't, wasn't working, wasn't back to work yet. I, but I could play my guitar. So that's what I did, you know? And so, it, it, you know, yeah, it's a weird, it's that weird mix, you know? And then the comics, like, you know, like I come up with these ideas and I often don't know what they're really about until I'm so far along that I'm like, well, fuck, I guess I have to put this out in the world because I like the idea and I like the thing, but it's really saying some personal shit that if yeah. people dig they'll find that you know mm -hmm. so, okay. whereas david's completely just going like no no no. here's the fucking tea like <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys think that your music would make a good soundtrack to your art do, they, do you think they complement each other pretty well I know, david you've actually done that not your newest album, but your your previous one you, you, that you'd mentioned. Yeah. I'm, i guess i'm talking more general i mean do you think that your your music matches up with your art I don't even know in, in what sense. I don't. I don't personally. No, I mean, neither. Not, not okay. this album. 
Yeah, it's it's because as an illustrator, it's I, I'm such a quirky. The way I draw is so specific and quirky, and it's like kind of it's one one tone to it or something, or just one resonance. And and I, yeah, the songs are very varied, and and they like if I was going to choose an artist to pair with them, I wouldn't be my first choice because what cause what I, yeah because yeah. I, I mean I have like a I have sort of like a slightly naive, almost childlike drawing style that's sort of playful and. Yeah, that's not always appropriate for every. Yeah, movie. and I, I mean, yeah, I I have a very kind of angular, splotchy ink, you know, scratchy style that like kind of fits ten uh, percent of what my music is, but like not. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it really. It, it yeah no I wouldn't hire me to do my videos at all if I you know if I had the money to do hire other people I would be the last person on my list <laughs> all right all right so let's talk about the music a little bit here so David you've got the uh, the new album out if which I was listening to and it's just as good as your last one man and actually I actually like it better than than the previous one the the opener if I mean that's great it's got this baccarat sound to it which I love it's rest in peace to mess which is awesome it's, you know it's much heavier Or uh, stop wasting love. Two, I think one of those. They're they're vying for my favorite on the album. They're just, mm. I, and I th- I think you've really hit a new level with this album. Singing, writing, everything. Uh, like clean living, your singing is is just amazing on, on that. It's mm. I think you've really hit a new level f- from the previous album. It's 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 so good. But I don't want to defend myself. I don't want to go and be with somebody else. They say I find some other way living for the rest of my days. Try to understand and find, but I only wind up losing my mind. I don't want to see the light, have to embrace clean living for the rest of my days. I'd rather be. I'm, wow, I'm very flattered and gratified to hear you say all that. Yeah. And you, you did some great work. So like you're saying, you were kind of working on it the last time we spoke and yeah. you're working with some awesome people that I've that I've had the uh, the good fortune to have on the podcast, like Mark Bingham, uh, Louis Michaud. Uh, you've also had uh, uh, Lily Lewis is on there. So, yeah. I mean, you've, you've worked with working with some great people. What, was it because of the experience you had working on the previous album that mm-hmm. you went down and, and started working with the same group of folks? 
Yeah, totally. I mean, this was, um, you know, Mark produced the last record and sort of generously opened his Rolodex and, and basically like hired every musician who was on that last record. And then it was like, I, you know, as you know, I was, while finishing that record, I was already writing these new songs. And yeah. so in some ways I was, I was even writing the songs kind of with some of their energy in mind. And oh, wow. I think they were, they were, in, they were inspiring some of the, the themes and the, you know, so yeah, I mean, I'd say most of the players are the same for this record as the last one. And then there's some additional, um, I, I'd say the biggest difference, and I agree, I think this is a better record. And I think it is, uh, my songwriting has gotten better than, than the last record, but, um, probably the guy who made the biggest difference is a guy named Jimbo Walsh, who did these incredible arrangements. He did all these horn and string arrangements oh, cool. and, and, uh, yeah, I got to really give him credit cause that just adds like a color and a texture to the songs that I, I know I could never have done. And, uh, and he, then he brought in like him, Mark kind of picked players that, you know, this guy Rex Gregory played like every kind of woodwind on it. And then it's like uh trumpet player cello. And, you know, so, yeah, it, it was like, there is, there does seem to be an extended musical family down there. A lot of people do know each other. So it was just cool to be plugged right into the middle of that world. And then once you know 10 of them, it seems like they know everybody else and you can get people to play on your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And if they like you, you know, it makes, makes the music even better. And you guys definitely seem to have a chemistry between the, the two albums. It's, it's, you know, it's evident in what I was listening to. That's cool to hear. Thank you, man. Yeah. No, and that's like I was saying earlier, like there's definitely like a, like I don't know if it, eclectic is the right word that I used earlier, but it's like, it's all over the place, but it feels it's grounded through your, the personality through it, you know? And Absolutely. it's nice to hear that it's a lot of people that you've worked with before because that makes sense. Like it sounds cohesive, you know, mm -hmm. that, you know, and it's like, I think my stuff like is probably only like cohesive because it's either a hundred percent me or people I've known for 25 years. You know? right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that's true. That it's all coming from that, that same well. Right. Yeah. 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 And so Kevin, and you've got, uh, that your new guitar scapes album recently came out and you're all, you're yeah. like you said, you're also working on some EPs, which yeah. you kindly let me listen to, uh, one of the ones. And it's, I gotta say, man, it's, it's really awesome. I mean, it's got this, all right, so we'll, let's talk about the EP for a second. I love the way it sounds kind of like, uh, the band Pelican, but with lyrics. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. That's a huge compliment. So my first EP was all me, but then uh, my buddy Sam mixed it and then, you know, had it mastered it and stuff like that. This one, the one I sent you is 99.9% .9 me. There's one, I don't do a lot of guitar solos, but there's one guitar solo that's played by my buddy Dave, but the rest of it is me. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Um, but, the, but even the mixing and mastering is all me. So what you heard wow. is like, like, wow. you know, and this next one that I'm on now is back to like my 
the drummer in my band in high school is playing, played drums on it and stuff like that. And so I'm working with the, with those tracks right now. Mm. But yeah, that EP. Um, and it's the middle, it's, it's, it's the middle of a three part story. So it's like the EP I put out last year is the opening, uh, the fall essentially, you know, it's, it's the overt story is Satan who is in love with Eve and he's trying to take over hell. But what it's really about is me. And even in my forties, like still having, and being agnostic, like still having a crisis of faith, you know, and still like whether it's a crisis of faith of like overt spirituality or just a crisis of faith of like, do I want to keep in doing what I'm doing? <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. it's dealing with all that, you know, and, and it was like, you know, and this the second EP is furthering in that story of like, well, I'm uh, I'm it's Satan and Eve going deciding to go to war with heaven. But it's me like battling, deciding the, these internal battles and stuff like that. And then, so that, that, and then the third EP that I have finished writing, but I'm retracking and doing all the, the good versions right now, which I'm sure David can, I'm dealing with demoitis right now where I've lived with these demos for a year. So now I'm retracking things. And while the retracking sounds better, I fucking hate all of it because it's better, but it's not what I've been listening to for the last, you know, six months. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I get it. It can be torturous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that is finishing that story and finishing and finishing that story because it became a story throughout the process of making all this stuff it's also like I've made a decision to write about stuff personally that I never thought I would say, but I'm writing about it in the voice of these characters. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. So like, so like, even though it's these characters talking about this stuff, it's very much me dealing with stuff that if the people who I was talking about knew, they would be like, fuck. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. so that, and that's, that's a different place for me. I haven't really kind of been there before. So that's, but I'm, I'm trying to, you know, trying to figure it out. So that's that EP. Uh, and the only reason it's not out yet is because I, I'm kind of, I've delayed putting it out to kind of figure out releasing it in a way that makes more sense, you know, and just kind of, I, I was, I gave myself a deadline of getting all those three EPs done and out last year and that didn't happen. So it's now it's just like, okay, make it good and then make it as good as I can within my limits, you know, cause I'm limited as fuck. So it's like, make it as good as I can and then put it out and make sure it makes sense. And also it's giving me time to like, figure out like, okay, like I, how do I shoot videos for this stuff? How do I make content? How do I, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. all, all the bullshit that we have to do now, as far as like posting on TikTok, posting on Twitter and all that stuff, you know? Uh, so, yeah. 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 yeah, And the thing is, and the thing is though, the, the, and I don't know how much you, you write David, I assume probably a lot. I've got the next two albums written. So that's not even like the EP, the EP, those three, like the EP that hasn't come out, the EP that I'm working on now, but the next two years worth of shit's already written. I just have to, you know, it's done. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have my next record written too. Yeah. It's funny you said about trilogy too, because I really relate to that. I guess there's linked to the number three for sure. Yeah. But um, I feel like my first solo record life our own way was kind of my, uh, almost like honoring all the musical influences and it was 15 songs and they're all very different. And um, just kind of, trying to smartly like analyze what makes a good song and, and write my own version of that or something. Yeah. This, the second one was like much deeper, more personal, like here's a self portrait in a way. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like this, this next record that's coming after this one 
I think I've gone to an even deeper layer. That's more like what you were describing with, you know, Adam and Satan. It's more a mythological archetypal yep. storytelling that these songs that came to me are much more like really ancient folk songs. And I've never written anything yep. like this. So I'm kind of excited. That. I'm kind of excited about this like triptych of like going, you know, deeper layers down into the earth. And, and I'm, I'm really pleased with um, the way these songs came to me because they don't feel so personal to me and they, but they feel deeper somehow and they yeah. feel like they're going to be um, may, maybe even more accessible to people for that reason. Yeah. That's an interesting place to be in that, that spot of um, it's interesting how I can see Mark, why you wanted us to get together. Cause like, we're very different, but very in very similar spaces, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, I, I talking about the influences thing. I actually have the whiteboard behind me. There's one of the things at the bottom right above my shoulder here is a list of songs that I'm I've written. One of them is a cover song. And then the list is songs that I've written that sound like bands I was influenced by. Mm -hmm. so, and, and it's, I'm going to put out an EP at some point in the next year or so. That's like just called influences. So it's like, Oh, cool. You know, yeah. And Mark, I think I sent you one of them as a cover of a Soundgarden song, but yes. like, uh, yeah, which I still haven't put out. I, you know, I don't know why, but I need to put it out. But like, and then the rest, it's like, you know, like, but it's not even, it doesn't sound like Soundgarden. It sounds like me. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. really good, man. You definitely oh, need you. to put that out. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, you send it to David too. Yeah, please, man. Send yeah. Some stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm happy to, but it's, it's, each of these things, like uh, as to get back to kind of where we kind of started, like each of these things, I kind of give myself a problem to solve. So it's like for the album that is after these, you know, the two that I was just talking about, like the, it's this stuff that is these songs that all bleed together. So it's this weird kind of like, um, for lack of a better term, it's like musically, it's thematically linked and operatic and stuff like that in the sense that like i have i've i've some pieces i wrote two years ago and some pieces were written like last month but like part of it is like it, it all bleeds together and it repeats parts and stuff like that so like there's songs that like have similar recurring elements which i've never intentionally done before you know and, and it's just me kind of and i don't know that anybody else would notice this but it's me sitting there going like okay like I did this similar riff. Am I just rewriting that song or is this a new thing that, and it becomes a new thing. And that's where I, so I just take it to be like, okay, this is like this same kind of riff, but I'm playing a little bit faster and I like that. So let's see where that goes. So I make a new song out of it. And that's been an interesting thing to kind of dip into because I've never really I'm a big fan of like the thematic rock opera thing. And I, I'm not that I can write fucking quadrophenia or stuff like that. Like I, I'm not that good, but like I, but I like the idea of that's the story. Like that's the problem is like, you know, how do I make all this stuff fit together? That is really, and David, I don't know how you are about this stuff, but like I, I often write songs in pairs. So I will write a song and then a week later I'll write another song and they're very similar. And then I pick the, I kind of just go with the one that's better. <laughs> wow. Whereas with this, whereas with this stuff, I am sitting there going like, okay, they both can work. They both can work because they're thematically similar. Does that make sense? Mm. That's yes. really cool. No, I, I don't, I don't do that, but I, I love that idea. It's like writing a similar song and seeing which one's better. Gotta I, <laughs> <laughs> like, See Dave's wheels turning. 
Yeah, yeah, it's not something I ever considered until honestly, um, pandemic because yeah. I couldn't go out, so I I wasn't doing much and all that stuff, you know. So, and my way of dealing with stuff was writing songs. So I wrote like four hours worth of shit, and I noticed over the process of doing that that I would write something, and then a week later write another thing, and they would feel similar. And then I would pursue the one. And then so now it's just kind of a, you know, even now as I go back and listen to that stuff and I cherry pick parts that I want to use or whatever, mm-hmm. I actually intentionally like cherry pick stuff. I'm like, that's, oh, this is, these two are similar pieces, but they yeah. can go, they can bookend a completely different idea, you know? Nice. That's, that. yeah, that's awesome. So, with these new albums coming out, and Kevin, yours, hopefully we're going to get yours out soon. I'm going yeah. to be a, I'm going to annoy you with, hey, when's that stuff coming out? When's that stuff coming out? I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. You send you emails all the time. But are you guys planning on doing any live shows to promote it, tours, or even just local shows? Or do you, are you guys pretty busy with illustrations, animations, is it not possible? What's, what's going on to help uh, support and promote the albums? David, what have you got going on? Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't played a live show in probably six years. Um, and my last record was just a digital release. And I, I basically made some music videos and I, I called it a day. But I, I did actually just got invited through Howard um, to just play a couple songs like on a, on a TV station down in New Orleans. So that'll, that'll be my first time like playing quote unquote live, like wow. in the studio at least. And then... I do feel like there's some kind of energy gathering in me to play more live. I don't have any plans to be honest, but um, okay. I'm just, I'm just kind of open to these intuitive thoughts I have because they usually lead somewhere and I find myself practicing my songs right now. So I kind of feel like there will be some opportunities over the next year. I'll, I'll let you know if and when they happen, but that's just a sense I have. I'm going to be playing a little bit more live. Oh, that'd be awesome. Kevin, what about you? You, uh, playing any, yeah, I, no, I, um, I played some shows recently, you know, in the, yeah, I, pretty recently. I did a couple of shows last year. Um, you know, I'm, I live in Atlanta and I'm from Kansas city. So I basically went back to Kansas city and just basically pulled my old bandmates out of their day jobs and made them <laughs> you know, play shows with me. Um, Cause that was just, it was just easier to grab friends rather than find strangers, you know, and, and that yeah. sort of familiarity and they are open. I am going to do more this year. They are open to doing that stuff, but I also, you know, I realized that like, it's going to be, I have a much more malleable life than most other people in my life. So <laughs> I can go do more things. You know, it's like, I don't have any kids, stuff like that. You know, so it's like, I, I, I'm that alone makes me uh, infinitely more malleable than most other people as far as what they can do. So I am working on scheduling full band shows. I also, right before this, I'm doing a ton of research and doing deep dives into like, what can I do that's by myself? So it's like, can I take this laptop that I'm talking to you all on and make that like this, that's the band, you know, like, and do stuff like that, you know? And so I'm trying to figure all that out. And so the idea being like, you know, like it's me and a guitar and a laptop and, you know, which maybe would have been weird, you know, even a couple of years ago, but is so the norm now for a lot of stuff. It you know? really is. In fact, I'll, I'll going to throw a little plug out to a band that I've recently discovered had on the podcast and they do that in their live show. It's a band called Monsoon and it's, it's a duo guitar and drums and that's it. But they do a lot of triggers and things like that on, on computers. And then it's yeah. a lot of vocal harmonies. You know, she, uh, Sienna Chandler harmonizes with herself with pre-recorded tracks yeah. that she mm-hmm. triggers and it, but it sounds so amazing. You know, you can tell she's playing live, yeah. but 
it just kind of fills the gaps and it sounds so good. Yeah. And that's exactly, that's exactly what I'm looking into, uh, you know, trying to figure out like, okay, so if it's like going to be a solo show, that's just me that I could book, then okay. That's a full backing track stuff thing, you know, yeah. but it's like, okay, if I can't get the bassist or the other guitar player that I'm friends with and you can't train anybody to play the stuff and you know, could it be just be me and the drummer and then the rest is backing tracks, you know, yeah. that's the kind of, that's what I'm exploring right now Okay. At, while I'm trying to start the process of booking things and you know, all that. So it's like, I'm literally putting out feelers like, Hey, can I, wants this weird thing to come, you know, <laughs> well, that's, but also I'm trying to book like the guitarscape stuff. I'm trying to, I'm trying to bo- make the guitarscapes live stuff that I'm in that have in the works a more of a, a show uh, for lack of a, I don't know how else to put it, but to make it more of an, an event type thing. So it would be like me in partnership with just to throw it out there, like stuff that I'm experimenting with, but like aerialists, you know, so it's like they would be doing oh, wow. stuff. Nice. I would be performing my yeah. thing to that or um like i know some friends who do uh like magic rituals and stuff like that so it would be me doing that while they're doing their live on stage magic stuff you know and stuff like not so card magic talking like you know summoning type shit you know yeah 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 and and so that's what i'm trying I, none of that stuff is booked yet but that's what's in progress so that's yeah. like wow. to make the guitarscape stuff and, and if it's even if that stuff doesn't work out but even if it does the other thing is i'm also trying to figure out like okay like visualizers and performance you know it's like so it could it be me in front of a screen that's projecting something or me behind a screen that gorilla style that's projecting something yeah. you know what i mean trying to figure all that out how is it graphics that i'm creating am i getting other people to do this and more you know and so that's all nebulously in progress yeah. <laughs> all, right. all right so where can people follow you guys find the new music that's coming out and, and keep track of where these future live dates will be kevin what where where can they find sure. you KevinMellon.com, uh, Mellon, M-E-L-L-O-N, two L's, uh, and then just at KMellon on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you know, and I tend to repost my music accounts on, you know, those anyways, so I won't bore with those handles, but that's, you can kind of pretty much find everything there. And then you're in Bandcamp, so people can purchase. Stuff yeah, yeah, Bandcamp is easy. It's Mellon.Bandcamp.com, you know. Um, uh, the thing I love about Bandcamp, and like, I don't make any fucking money off this shit, but it's like, the thing I love is that like, you know, it's like, I can sit there, I... I'm a big fan of um, giving people bang for their bucks. So it's like you, you can get all four of the things I have out right now for like barely over $10. Like, so it's like, you know, please I go do saw that. that. You know, I just <laughs> saw that today. I was like, Man, that's a bargain. <laughs> I mean, I, but for me, I'm like, it's it, because I have a, and I mean, knock on wood, I have a day job that I don't have to, I don't need to make money making music. So it allows me to be more cavalier and to set up all these things and stuff like that. Whereas if it was my day job, this would be a very different conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. David, what about you? Where can people uh, pick up your album and, and support what you're doing? Yeah, basically the same answer. My name.com, David Heatley.com. Uh, put the videos and the, any, any albums that you can stream are on there. Bandcamp is also, you can find that on the same website though davidheatley.com and then on instagram uh just my name david heatley so that's that's more like a peek behind the scenes like we were talking about like what what's like in my art studio what, what demos am i working on uh people can see that kind of process stuff on instagram all right well this kind of this expanded 
in ways I had not planned, but ways that I think are amazing. So thank you guys so much for answering these ridiculous questions that I kind of just popped into my head and no and they were good questions dude thank you and thank you and, and and i appreciate you guys both hopping on and spending some of your time and just explaining your process because it it kind of went from the relationship between music and visual arts to the creative process and uh, i think that's what what this one may may end up being so thank you guys so much for all of this this has really been a great great chat and i really do appreciate it Really enjoyed it too. And great to meet you, Kevin. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. I, it's honestly like, uh, it's really heartening to meet someone and thank you, Mark, for, for, you know, doing this and, and understanding, you know, that there's a similarity there, that there's a Venn diagram overlap there. So it's really nice to meet someone who is doing what on paper seem like to be the same things, but they're very different, but has philosophically seems very, you know, like-minded as well. So that's nice. Yeah. Definitely feel that. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.